Levis, that's what they love. That's an NFL arm right there. Welcome to the new age. It's finally here. Mel's Mock 4.0. Mel Kiper Jr. tells us what he thinks will happen in this mock now just 16 days away from the NFL draft. We welcome you into NFL Live, everybody. Mel Kiper Jr. will be with us in just a moment. Of course, we have Marcus Spears. We got Ryan Clark. We got Adam Schefter here for the hour. So glad to have all of you here. And there's a lot to get to today, okay? We're going to dive into the draft, of course, with Mel. But we've also got some news. And let's begin there. Adam, Detroit traded Jeff Okuda to the Falcons. What more can you tell us? Laura, former third overall pick, dealt to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round draft pick in this upcoming draft. Think about all the defensive talent that Atlanta has acquired this offseason. Safety Jesse Bates, defensive lineman Calais Campbell, defensive tackle David Anyamata. They've added a lot of defensive talent this offseason, and now Jeff Okuda becomes the latest piece that they add to that defense, which should figure to be improved. The Lions recognized that Akuda was going into the fifth-year option. Clearly, they didn't intend to pick up that option, and so they traded him to Atlanta in what became the latest move for the Atlanta Falcons. You see all the players that they've added this offseason to that roster. Clearly, they're poised to make a jump this upcoming year, and that list right there doesn't even include the eighth overall pick mm. that they're poised to make later this month in Kansas City. I mean, if you look at what the Atlanta Falcons have done defensively, I believe it's smart. You have A.J. Terrell, who's a Pro Bowl caliber defensive back and corner who can follow number one wide receivers. And you add a top three talent at the position in Jeffrey Okuda to all of these new pieces that we just heard Adam mention. They're trying to find a defense that complements an offense that was great in the run game last year. Win with physicality, win with big plays defensively pressure and turnovers but if you're the Detroit Lions you have revamped that defense as well and you knew that Jeffrey Okuda wasn't going to be a part of that you're disappointed because you didn't get the type of play you expect from a number three overall pick but you get a fifth round draft pick and you're going to continue to build that team in the image of Dan Campbell and obviously Jeffrey Okuda was no longer a part of that yeah Jeff Okuda just the second player in the last decade to be drafted in the top three overall and then traded less than three years after being drafted. The other is Sam Darnold, by the way. Interesting little tie in there. Also mm. some news out of Tampa Bay with Devin White. Adam, what's going on there? Well, Devin White has requested a trade from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers do not want nor intend to, Devin, to, intend to trade Devin White. But clearly, there is an issue here because he would like out and he is headed into that fifth year of his contract. And we've seen some of the other linebackers around the league at his position get paid. We've seen Roquan Smith come in about $20 million a year. We've seen Tremaine Edmonds come in about $18 million a year. Now we have Devin White headed into the fifth year option without a new deal. We don't know exactly why he wants out of Tampa, but usually you follow the money and you find a pretty good reason. And the Buccaneers, who are a team in transition right now, are looking at the situation where they have an unhappy player who doesn't want to be there, and they're going to have to figure out how to address it, though right now they're not interested in moving on from him. Shefty hit the nail on the head, follow the money. I'm sure there was some contract talks or negotiations, and it didn't turn out the way Devin uh, wanted it to turn out. And Tampa is a rebuilding 
organization at this point. There's a lot of unknowns about what they'll be on the offensive side of the ball. And obviously, you, you mentioned Roquan Smith, Shefty. That is the litmus test. A guy that's played at a very high level, been very productive within his organization, and usually these things look identical. And in this regard, I believe they are very identical. Look, Devin White won a Super Bowl, was an integral part in, win, in, in the road to winning that Super Bowl, and now you get to the point where you're in fifth year, you're looking for some money. You probably expect the organization to take care of you previous to that needing to be exercised. Didn't happen. And now you try to find greener pastures elsewhere. And look, if you're following Roquan Smith template, you're going to be a very wealthy man if, if, if the trade happens and you end up with a new organization. Yeah, as things currently stand, the Buccaneers have the longest odds to win the NFC South. We've wondered if they could be a candidate actually to trade up and try to get that three spot that the Cardinals hold yeah. to maybe even draft a quarterback, but feels like, to Marcus's point, certainly in a rebuilding situation. All right, as we're dealing with some technical issues with Mel Kuyper Jr., we can look at his mock draft, whether he's here or not, and we'll get his comments on a little <laughs> bit later. But look there at the top, okay? You see the quarterbacks going down the line there in those top four picks, and that's really important because as you see that, this would be the first time in the common draft era that the four QBs come off the board with the top four picks. You can see Bryce Young, number one, going there to Carolina, and then C.J. Stroud at number two to the Texans. Then you got Anthony Richardson. That is actually via trade. Mel has the Titans trading up to get that number three spot from the Cardinals, drafting Anthony Richardson out of Florida, and then Will Levis at number four. So, you guys, this, is, this would be historic, first of all. But secondly, I think one of the things that's gotten lost in all this Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis talk is Bryce Young still, as Mel sees it, the number <laughs> yeah. one overall pick in this draft. Ryan, I'll start with you. You've been around these guys a ton. Do you agree that Bryce is a yeah. lock at one? You know what? I, I can't agree that Bryce is a lock at one because I'm not a general manager. I'm not a head coach in the NFL. And we've seen, whether it's Mel or Todd or Matt or RC or Marcus, they think differently than we do sometimes. <laughs> but for me, it's a no-brainer that Bryce Young is the number one overall pick. Bryce Young has done nothing but been the best player on the football field the last two years he was at Alabama. And also, think back to a time, Laura, and I know you cover the SEC. Marcus is dialed in. Let's think back to a time where we watched the Alabama game and we go, you know what? Alabama hasn't played well today because of Bryce Young. You know what? I can tell you when it happened. Never. He always showed up for this team. He made a team that didn't have the weapons outside this year, a competitive offense, an explosive and dynamic. There was no Judy. There was no Ruggs. There was no Waddle. There was no – we didn't have those players this year. And also, I talked to his dad about, okay, what are you going to say about the size issues? What can y'all do to combat that? He said Bryce has always been – this side compared to his peers. It wasn't like he was the tallest person in his class and then all of a sudden stopped growing. He's always mm. been able to excel no matter who he was playing against and the athleticism or freakish size of those players. And we saw that in the SEC as well. Laura, when we were up there during free agent week, I said at that time, and I'll repeat it again, that when the Carolina Panthers made this trade, I believe they traded up to number one with the idea that they would take Bryce Young at the top slot while being open to all other possibilities, including C.J. Stroud, and if they would be won over. When the 49ers traded up initially, they traded up with the idea that they were comfortable taking Mac Jones and fell in love with Trey Lance along the way. 
Now, again, I think the Panthers went up to go get Bryce Young. And I don't think so far anything has changed their mind. I still think that Bryce Young today is the number one overall pick. Now, C.J. Stroud still is going to visit Carolina and still has a chance to win their hearts and anything still can happen. But this has been Bryce Young from the trade. This has been tracking to be Bryce Young. It continues to track to be Bryce Young. And until they see something from C.J. Stroud that changes their mind, I think ultimately he remains the favorite to become the number one overall pick in Kansas City just over two weeks from now. And we'll see if they change their mind up until then. Yeah, Adam, having covered all of these guys, these four quarterbacks who are at the top of Mel's mock and will be at the top of the draft, I do agree that in an excellent group of pass catchers, Bryce Young is the premier player here. He's the most surefire pick if you're going to be picking at number one overall. Now, Marcus, when you look at this mock from Mel, his mock 4.0, there's some spice to it, right? There's the trade at number three that has the mm. Titans coming up to get Anthony Richardson. Mm. Also, Mel has at 30 the Seahawks coming up to get another pick in that first round and grabbing Hinden Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback. As you look at that entirety and some of these QB moves, some of these teams making some trades, you like those moves? Yeah. I do like those moves. I'm going to start with Anthony Richardson. It, look, the, I, I will never forget when you guys were at the combine watching and RC said after this combine, we're going to have a lot of conversation about Anthony Richardson. And now you start to see those traits that he showed get his name and that buzz in the top three. And when you think about Arizona moving out of that spot in Tennessee going up, Conventionally, you would want a veteran in place where Anthony Richardson would have an opportunity to kind of sit, watch the game, and develop over time, right? Ryan Tannehill is in Tennessee, and people will say, well, they drafted Malik Willis as well, but Rand Carthon, the new mm -hmm. general manager, did not. He mm. has no affiliation to Ryan Tannehill yeah. or Malik Willis. So I think Anthony Richardson could be very enticing. And think about where Rand Carthon came from. He just came from the San Francisco 49ers that went up and took an athletic Trey Lance. Now, that situation hasn't worked out because of injury or whatsoever, but I think he would have the nerve to do it again. And the Hendon Hooker at 30, I love tremendously. Look, we were talking about this guy trending to being the Heisman Trophy winner before he suffered the injury yeah. at Tennessee. And obviously, the Georgia game kind of changed some people's perspective. But I think he's going to be a very good value at the 30th spot, that quarterback, and no one will be in a rush to see him play, which is fortunate for Hendon Hooker on recovery and also being a boom pick as opposed to people looking at him to be a bust because he was taken so high. Hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely trends that way for Hendon Hooker, and someone's going to sneak back in <clears throat> to the first round if he isn't picked early and try to find a way to have their quarterback on the future on the roster this year. But when you look at Anthony Richardson, somebody's going to make that jump. And I believe a lot of people will try. You moved up to get Mitchell Trubisky. You moved up to get Trey Lance. And both of those guys have nothing on what Anthony Richardson presents from a talent perspective, a measurable perspective, yeah. and athleticism perspective. So there's going to be some teams that are infighting, trying to get that number three overall spot from the Arizona Cardinals. And if I'm them, I am making that ransom high as hell because that's just where Anthony Richardson's ceiling is. Yeah, and the Cardinals need a lot of players, right? They got to do a lot for that team. Adam reporting yeah. yesterday that six teams have inquired about that pick at number three. We'll get Man. into that a little bit. Oh, go Adam. Go ahead. Well, I was also going to say, we also have to see what the Houston Texans are going to do at number two. 
again, I don't know that it's a lock just yeah. yet that they'll stay and pick there or that they'll go and take a quarterback. I don't think that's a lock just yet. Yes, Laura, that's what I just said. I think that they still could listen and entertain trade offers at number two. I'm not convinced yet that they're going to take a quarterback. But again, we've got over wow. two weeks left, and we'll see how Ooh. this plays out. Adam, I love Except it. Do you know I... what happened when you say stuff? People go crazy. It's it, on the bottom line already. Right let, 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 let me just say this, too. Let me remind you guys. Remember, we thought this was crazy. The Texans were not at any of these quarterbacks pro days either now that doesn't mean they're not yeah. taking a quarterback but it is worth pointing out when all these other teams teams that aren't even in the market for quarterbacks were at these pro days all right as you can see there's a lot of spice going on here today and we're just getting started on the nfl live next, we're talking wideouts jackson smith and jigba the first receiver off mel's board and his own former teammates who are currently nfl ballers say he is better than them we'll show you Plus, Packers president Mark Murphy revealed the team's feelings on Aaron Rodgers' departure. An update on the impending Rodgers trade from Adam Schefter is on the way. More NFL Live right after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, the NFL Draft is just over two weeks away. April 27th, 28th, and 29th. We'll have every pick once again on ESPN. And NFL Live will be there in Kansas City. Thursday and Friday, two-hour specials you don't want to miss. It's also available on NFL Network, and ABC's coverage focuses on the prospect's journey to the draft. All three days, also live on ESPN Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. One of the most fascinating drafts in recent memory. You don't want to miss all the coverage. Back here on NFL Live, taking a look at Mel Kuyper Jr.'s Mock Draft 4.0. This time, let's focus a little bit on the wide receiver group. Okay, so you can see the three wideouts off the board early on. Let's begin with number 12, Jackson Smith and Jigba. He's going to Houston in Mel's Mock. And this is the first receiver taken off the board. Makes sense. This is the most versatile, most complete receiver in this draft. As you see, the Texans taking him. They also, of course, take C.J. Stroud. So you see a couple of Ohio State teammates being paired back up. That's worked really well at the NFL level, pairing up former college teammates and putting them at the pros. How about this? The next receiver taken off the board, according to Mel, Zay Flowers out of Boston College. He goes to Pittsburgh, number 17 overall. To the Steelers, he's been visiting the Patriots lately, and there's a lot of buzz that direction. But you see Zay Flowers is a really versatile wideout going to the Steelers. Nice to see them grabbing a weapon there for Kenny. 
Pickett. Okay, so how about this? The third wide receiver off the board in Mel's mock is Jordan Addison, the USC wide receiver, of course, a former Pitt player who transferred there. He goes to the Chargers, according to Mel, which gets us all excited thinking about what that offense could look like. Justin Herbert, some changes they've made offensively when it comes to their scheme and their play calling. And Jordan Addison is versatile. He's got the speed, the physicality, and strength in route running to really make an impact. So as you can see, Ohio State's Jackson Smith and Jigba, the first wideout off the board. If that were to happen, they would be C.J. Stroud and Smith and Jigba. The first quarterback wide receiver duo to be drafted in the first round out of the same school by the same team in a single draft in the common draft era, which dates back to 1967. I pointed out how well that's worked. We've seen it work pretty well with a couple LSU guys. We'll see if that uh, ends up happening for you guys. Okay, so R.C., when you Go think figure. about what? Yeah, well, I mean, LSU wins at everything <laughs> right now. Yeah, LSU. Yeah. I, I shouldn't have even said it because I knew it was going to end up happening. RC, how do you evaluate this class of wide receivers, and especially, especially Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's the first wideout off of Mel's board? You know what, Laura? Is it very professional of me to describe this wide receiver class as meh? <laughs> because that's kind of how it is. You know, Aww. you're searching for that star. But we really shouldn't be. Because if you listen to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, they say that Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best wide receiver to come out of O-State the last two years. This guy's going to be the best of all time. Like yeah, one of the I best stand ever. on that. Yeah. 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 You stand on that. Yeah. What was it? What was it that you saw from him? What was it that made you, know, you say? It's one of those things where you see people catching balls and it just looks natural coming into their hands. You know, they don't when they drop one, like it doesn't happen. That's how it is with Jackson. He's supernatural. Who's the best athlete of the three? I would say me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I love that. And he's, been, he's so quiet. I would say me. That's Jackson. I don't know what it is, honestly. No, you can do it all, guys. <laughs> just, it it just, all, it's just natural. I guess. I guess so. This seems like it was planned a little bit. It was like Garrett and those guys were doing a way too little much acquiescing to what Jackson wanted. But when you listen to that and you see Garrett Wilson was the rookie of the year for the New York Jets offensively and also Chris Olave was stretching the field in New Orleans, showed his explosive dynamic speed down the football field. I don't see those things from Jackson Smith and Jigba. And I get it. When they were all in school together, Jackson Smith and Jigba had the better statistics, but I don't see that get up and go with him. And now, I have a comparison for him in a guy like a Jarvis Landry. And people are going to say, why would you compare him to Jarvis Landry? Because I feel like he's going to be good in the slot. He's a guy that can catch the football in space. We've seen run after the catch. But I don't see that one special thing that puts him over the top against the elite of the elite outside, the Sauce Gardners, the Jalen Ramseys, the Tariq Woolens. And so for me, it reminds me very much of when Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry were in school. If you ask anybody in yeah, Baton Rouge, who was the best football player at LSU? It was Jarvis Landry, beyond a shadow Jarvis. of a doubt. He put up numbers and produced every single year. But when number three touched the football in Death Valley, it changed things. And that's how I see those other guys, not Jackson Smith and Jigbo. 
Yeah, yeah, RC. Uh, you know, friends are, are wonderful things, man. Like friends build you up, and that's what they're there for. <laughs> they're there to build you up and make you feel way more than you really are. But what you want is your friends to not lie to you and tell the truth. Now, I gotta be that guy because I like Jackson Smith and Jigma, but it ain't no way in hell I think he better than Gary Wilson or Chris Olave. <laughs> they may absolutely feel <laughs> that, but my eyes don't tell me the same thing. Even though I think Jackson is really good, I wanted to hone in on the fact that him and C.J. Stroud before the atom bomb uh, hit us. Um, I wanted to talk about those guys being together. And when you got young tandems that already have a rapport and the comfortability that they would have being in Houston together <laughs> with, with a new coach in D'Amico Ryans, two young guys that you are planning to build around. And remember, John Mechie, he's, he's making a really good recovery from mm. leukemia, and a lot of people are excited about him, but he was a prolific mm. wide receiver yeah. coming out the University of Alabama a year ago. So you would have a guy that could be the Chris Olave to the Jackson Smith and Jigma or something like that. I'm just wondering if you're the Houston Texans and you're sitting there at 12 and one of these defenders Ooh. fall in that area and you've already got your quarterback, I don't know if you go wide receiver in that particular yeah. moment with right. D'Amico Ryans as your yeah. head coach. Especially, I mean, I don't know. It, those wide receivers are all going to be there, so it could be tantalizing, but the defensive guys yeah. can be too. And by the way, Garrett Wilson talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba is like us talking about each other on NFL Live. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter who it is. We're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> they're the best, and they're better so, than us. So anyway, hey, good friends. Everybody's always like, no, it's you. You're the best. No, you're the best. You're no, the it's you. Okay. <laughs> Coming up next on NFL Live. Man, I love you guys. Who's going to come off first in the defensive battle of Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr.? Here, who Marcus thinks could impact the game faster than anyone else in this draft. Don't miss it. We'll be right back. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. What's up, dude? How you doing? How you doing, man? Doing good. Ready to rock? Yes, sir. You had a good week? Yeah, good. 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 Jump on these guys early, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Early. Got a good, yeah, all game. Got a good plan? Yes, sir. Good. Always cool to dap him up in pregame because uh, that's what it's about. It's about family and, and just making memories. Uh, we're, we're anticipating them going from like 44 like we got last week against Georgia. Yeah. Got yeah. a plan for that. Good, good, man. Proud of you, man. Keep going. Just think of Henry. I love him. Yeah. I love him. Great kid. Had a great year. 
you know, he's a perfect guy for this system because he makes goes fast, makes quick decisions. So I'm real proud of him. Check out Hinden Hooker's journey in episode two as Archie, Peyton, and Eli help him prepare for the NFL draft on the clock. Presented by Ego Outdoor Power Tools is now streaming on ESPN+. Plus. Great insight into who these guys actually are. So ESPN senior draft analyst Mel Kuyper Jr. released his mock draft 4.0 today, which has no shortage of angles to talk about. And first off, we have a big trade near the top of the draft with the Titans trading up third overall with the Cardinals, where they've been there five years in the common draft era where multiple teams made top three picks after trading up. Of course, you think of the 49ers most recently. The other team that's already traded up is the Panthers. They select Bryce Young first overall in this latest mock. Overall, Kuyper has four quarterbacks coming off the board in the top four picks, including Anthony Richardson to Tennessee. As for college conferences, the SEC on full display again, having seven players selected in the top ten, which would be the most by a single conference in the top ten in the common draft era. And then lastly, we got plenty of cornerbacks coming off the board with six being selected in the first round starting with the Raiders selecting Devin Witherspoon. There's so much here. And Marcus, Jalen Carter is now picked before Will Anderson Jr. Why do you think that is? Because that interior pass rush, when you can find the one uh, diamond in the rough that can change games and change outcomes, you got to take it. It's too tantalizing. And the last Super Bowls we watched, the last playoff runs we've watched, we've talked about Aaron Donald and Chris Jones as much as we talked about the yeah. quarterbacks and those guys impacting and affecting games. And I think Jalen Carter is built in that rarefied air. When you start talking about how he can rush the passer and do multiple things with his hands, use speed to power, use quickness, physicality, his balance, and then also stay on the field when you get into a knockdown, drag out run game and you lose nothing. So when you start talking about the path to the quarterback and the athleticism of these quarterbacks, teams now are trying to find that one interior defensive tackle that can create and, and create, create things for everybody else around them. I think Jalen Carter is that. It's usually, usually an anomaly. But here recently, it seemed like we didn't hit a few in a row when it comes to drafting defensive tackles that are making impacts on games as much as the outside rushers hmm. who have been the darlings of the draft in the recent history. Yeah, I mean, these dudes were like unicorns, though. You would always have those outside pass rushers that affected games, and it seemed as the quarterback position became more important and it became more of the money position, you had to get these defensive ends and these rush players on the outside to put pressure on the quarterback. But with the Aaron Donalds and with the Chris Jones, we've seen that interior pressure become so much more important. But those guys are very difficult to find. And so though I believe that Will Anderson is an absolute star as a rusher outside, I think that Jalen Carter has some of that rare talent that will allow him to be an absolute yeah. game changer in both the run and the past, as we've seen with Aaron Donald and Chris Jones, as Marcus mentioned. But Marcus, I want to ask you this question. How much more difficult is it to find that D-tackle than it is one of those rush-ins in today's football? RC, it's difficult because, one, you got to have a guy that is physical enough because you always think of interior being able to defend the run. The second thing is, how well do they work in tight space? And do they have the feet of a running back like a dancer? And can they are they powerful enough to push pocket? Jeffrey Simmons, Quentin Williams comes to mind. 
Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen in Washington. Like, there are guys that's doing this at a high level, and we believe Jalen Carter can be in that Aaron Donald and Chris Jones conversation. And what's interesting to me when you look at this, right, is that all these teams up top who are thinking about quarterback, every time there's a quarterback who isn't picked, or basically there's a quarterback, it pushes these guys one more slot down. So Arizona is going to have a choice. Does it take a guy like Will Anderson at three if a quarterback goes two? Or do they trade out of that spot to a spot where maybe they risk losing a guy like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter? That's mm. the decision that all these teams are making. But all the teams mm. that are out of the quarterback market in the top 12, 15 picks, they're all rooting for four quarterbacks to come off the board right away so that <laughs> it just pushes players <laughs> like this right into their laps. Yeah, they're, they're like calling those teams up there. They're like, hey, man, I've never seen a quarterback class like this before. you got to take all these four guys right off the top, slide everything <laughs> exactly. back Get toward them. us. We'll take it. Hey, we haven't even gotten into where Bijan Robinson is in Mel's latest mock. There's mm. so much more to dive into, and that's where we're going next on the show, right after this commercial break. Where do we see Bijan going? Does it make sense and the other impact player that's not a quarterback that you can't miss. We'll be right back. We're back on NFL Live, but first let's tell you about week nine of the XFL schedule. Saturday, the Vipers square off against the Roughnecks at 1230 Eastern on ABC and the Guardians Take on the Brahmas at 7 Eastern on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. Then Sunday afternoon's ESPN doubleheader starts with the Defenders hosting the Renegades at noon Eastern, followed by a big one between the Sea Dragons and Battlehawks. Don't miss it every game. Also available on ESPN+. Plus. To some news around the league, hey, you can't talk the Jets without the Packers right now, and we're keeping that the same for Mel Kuyper Jr.'s second-round mock draft. Kuyper has the Jets selecting offensive tackle Broderick Jones in the first round and then taking a tight end and a center in the second round. Interesting there as they're trying to add pieces to that offense for Aaron Rodgers. As for Packers, he has Green Bay selecting the first tight end off the board in Dalton Kincaid, then taking an edge rusher in Byron Young in the second round. But here's the latest from Packers president Mark Murphy on where things stand with a potential Aaron Rodgers trade. Is the ball essentially in their court? Like you've said, this is what we want, either A, B, C, or D, and you're you're kind of waiting for them to. Yeah, I I, I can't really get into that. Okay. I mean, you know, I know Brian and Joe have been talking. And... Do you do you need a deal to get done before the draft, or are you guys okay going into the summer if that's what it takes? I, I you know, again, that's something you know, Brian is working on. And... I've been actively involved, and uh, yeah, no, there's really nothing more. All right, so not a whole lot there, but also maybe something. Adam, what is the latest between the Packers and the Jets when it comes to this Aaron Rodgers trade? Laura, you hit on the key phrase right there, not a whole lot there. And my understanding is there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation, if any, over the last couple of weeks, going back to the owners' meetings. And so both sides now appear to be dug in, and we'll see whether or not anything changes as we head up to the draft. What's interesting is if the two sides, amazingly enough, can't figure out a deal, by the time the draft comes, then the Jets go ahead and make their picks at 13, 42, and 43, I think are the numbers. And Aaron Rodgers then has a decision to make about whether or not to show up for the mandatory minicamp in May. Do the Packers want him there? 
when he's scheduled to count about $60 million? Do you want to risk him showing up and getting hurt? Or do the two sides want to come together and get something done before the draft so Green Bay can go ahead and use the picks now for a player that doesn't figure to be a part of their future? Again, it seems like both sides are dug in and are willing to be patient until something gets done because nothing is any closer at this point in time. I get, I, I, Shefty, I love it. But I'm, if I'm Green Bay, I'm like, man, I done sent y'all what I want from y'all. Now, go and do something. I'm just waiting. <laughs> it's just like when you're in a negotiation and you know exactly what you want. You done told the other side what you want and you know the other side wants something that you have very badly. The New York Jets, again, for the thousandth time, showed their hand when they hired Nathaniel Hackett and then got Alan Lazard. Aaron came on Pat McAfee and said he desired to play for the New York Jets. The New York Jets negotiating power flew out of the window a long time ago. Now, you got Green Bay and the bad situation if Aaron has to come play there, but why would they be in a hurry to do anything when the, when the things that they want and desire are on the desk of general manager Joe Douglas and the New York Jets desk? Just sit back and wait. The Jets will get desperate. They want Aaron Rodgers that bad. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are like brother husbands right now. Have y'all seen that show where it's like a woman and she's married to a guy? She goes tell the guy that she wants to add another husband to the fray, right? And so the Jets are sitting over there, and they're the one husband and the wife, and they went to the brother husband, the Green Bay Packers, and they said, we want to give you all this. But they're like, nah, you got to come with it. You got to tell me what you're going to give me in order to get this. This is where we are, guys. You can't show your hand in this way. And the Green Bay Packers are saying, we have the hottest commodity in this, and it's Aaron Rodgers. We told you what we want. Now make a move. Yeah, you know what? By the way, that's a really good analogy. Sister Wives is the show I believe you're referencing. It's one of those that, like, you start watching it. It's like, for me, 1,000 no, pounds. It's an actual brother husbands now. Stop. Laura, no, there's no. A brother they have brother husbands. Oh, my what? God. Okay, yes, I know this. we're equal opportunists in 2023. Okay, yeah, listen, I'm all about it. I cannot <laughs> wait uh, to watch that later on. Josh at home, we're going to be watching that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue on Mock Draft Day. Mount Kuiper Jr.'s. Full Mock 4.0 revealed today. And no better time to pick out some pieces that really stuck out to us. So, Marcus, when you looked at this, you see Bijan Robinson, and I'm trying to see on the screen there exactly where he goes. He's going to, to Detroit. Detroit at what pick? That would be my question. We'll find 18. out in my head. I can't 18. see it. It's 18. There we go. So, Bijan Robinson. Boogie, I got paperwork. Thank you. I don't, apparently. I got Bijan paperwork. Bijan Robinson go, going to Detroit at 18. You like that pick, Swagoo, when you think about the level of play that Robinson brings to the table? I couldn't love it enough. When you think about Detroit and the identity that Dan Campbell has built, especially offensively, that run game was one of the most terrifying things in, in football and the play action. Coincidentally, Jerry Goff had one of his better years at quarterback. You add another dynamic runner in the backfield. And remember, Williams left in, um, in free agency. So Jamal Williams left in free agency. I think B. John Robinson is a top three football player in this draft. And if Detroit can get him at 18, he's an immediate impact. The offensive line is intact. The system is intact, and we saw multiple running backs have success in this scheme. He just brings another thing to the table, and that's his elusiveness, 
run in between the tackles and on the outside of the perimeter. And also he can hit a home run, even though people knows that he's not a blazer. He somehow never gets caught from behind. Right before that, Mel has the Pittsburgh Steelers taking Zay Flowers, the wide receiver out of Boston College. Personally, RC, I love this pick. You think about Kenny Pickett getting another weapon in that offense. You think that makes sense for the Steelers to take a receiver at that point? Well, you know what's what's crazy is this is not something the Steelers do very often. The mm. last time they did it was Antonio Holmes in 2006. And you got a number one receiver or a first-round caliber receiver last year in George Pickens. Zay Flowers can move into that slot position, push the football down the field with taking the top off of the defense. He's also great in the screen game. But he does a lot of the things that Deontay Johnson does for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so when I look at this team, I think about some of the deficits at the corner position, where they've been at the middle linebacker spot. And I see other places that they can make improvements. But if they get there and they feel that Zay Flowers is the best available, I know that organization and new general manager Omar Khan, they will select that player. I love it. All right, so Adam, we kind of been dancing around this a little bit. You've brought this up a couple times the last two days. With the Texans maybe not going quarterback at number two overall, what do you think their plans are from what you're hearing? Well, we're trying to figure it out, but again, I think there's a lot of conflicting signals and information out there about what Houston is going to do at two, and I think a lot of people have assumed it's just going to be a quarterback, and in the end, I'm just not convinced just yet that that's going to be the case. Now, I do think that we have Bryce Young slated to be the favorite number one Carolina. Then Houston's on the clock, and what does Houston do? And it becomes interesting if Houston decides to auction off that pick to somebody who wants to come up and trade for a quarterback at number two, or whether Houston wants to go with a quarterback of its own, or whether Houston wants to go with Ooh. one of the top defensive players. All I'm saying is I don't think it's a lock that Adam Houston Penny. is going quarterback Whoa. at two. That's I all I'm it. saying. Adam, Ooh, it's Penny, amazing. Adam. We keep talking Penny. about number three, but we got six teams or maybe more trying to get to number three. Why not get to number two if the Texans are shopping exactly. it? I love it. We exactly. have a lot more coming your way on NFL Live. We're going to keep fanning <laughs> ourselves off. This thing stays this spicy, okay? When we come back, after gaining Pro Bowl receiver OBJ, should the Ravens continue to add more pieces to the offense, or is there another need they should be focused on? We'll talk about it next. We'll be right back on NFL Live. with us on NFL Live. Busy day in the NFL today. Thankfully, Adam Schefter is here to get us caught up on everything. Adam, let's start with the Falcons acquiring secondary help. Yeah, Laura, we have a trade. We love trades, and the Detroit Lions traded the former number three overall pick, Jeff Akuda, to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth-round pick in this draft. Atlanta continues to bolster its defense during this offseason. Detroit's been busy in the secondary, and now Detroit is an extra pick compliments to the Falcons in the upcoming draft. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers linebacker Devin White has requested a trade that right now the team has been unwilling to accommodate. We've seen other linebackers land big money deals. Roquan Smith, $20 million. Tremaine Edmonds, $18 million. I think Devin Smith would like to get his own big deal. Hasn't yet would like to be traded out of Tampa if the team is willing. And speaking of big deals, Odell Beckham Jr. got a big deal on Easter night, a one-year deal worth $15 million guaranteed, up to $18 million 
with incentives, and the fact that they can go out and get Odell is a sign that Baltimore is further enticing Lamar Jackson to come back to Baltimore after making a trade request last month where he wanted out of Baltimore, but obviously now seems like he'd be more open-minded to coming back there. He and Odell have been in communication. You would think that Odell would know what Lamar is doing or wants to do, and the fact that Lamar Jackson was willing to post the conversation he had with Odell Beckham Jr. on social media is a sign that obviously he feels good about Odell Beckham Jr. at this point in time and the idea potentially that they could work together. Yeah, I guess given all that, it's going to be a little awkward if uh, Lamar doesn't end up back with the Ravens. Be like, wow, what was all this for? All right, let's get back to Mel Kiefer Jr.'s mock draft 4.0, just 16 days ahead of the NFL draft, zeroing in on the Ravens. As we carry on with their storylines, Mel has them taking cornerback Deontay Banks at number 22 overall. Okay, they got that wide receiver in OBJ yesterday, maybe enticing Lamar back to return, as Adam's talking about. But you wonder, would they look for another offensive piece in the draft? Defense makes sense, though, and here's why. Getting some help from Marlon Humphrey at cornerback could be wise. Last season, Baltimore's pass defense struggled particularly against the deep ball. On passes 20-plus yards downfield, the Ravens' defense ranked 30th in opponent QBR, 27th in completions allowed, and dead last in completion percentage. So, Marcus, do you agree with this pick as you think about the Ravens going defense in the draft early? I do, very much so. Um, I think offensively with Todd Monk and you sign OBJ and you hope that Rashad Bateman can stay healthy and you already have who's trending to be a Hall of Fame tight end and Mark Andrews. So focus opposite side of the ball. We know Lamar's situation is Lamar's situation. Marcus Peterson, Peters is departing. That defense for the Ravens, more like I like the corner position. I want to hear Ryan talk about it because he's the best at talking about these secondaries. He knows a lot about these guys. I know Deontay is a phenomenal athlete. I know he can run um, with anybody in this league. I think he's like a 4-3 guy at the combine. He's a superior yes. athlete. But I think they yeah. need some pass rush as well. I think they need mm. some guys that can get after the passer. I like this pick. But I like to see the Baltimore Ravens do a little bit more at the line of scrimmage as far as an impacting quarterbacks beyond bringing pressure. Well, see, Swag, that but that works hand in hand. You know as well as I do, rush and coverage work together. And I think what you think about yep. it, that pick, I believe you do go defense because you've worked throughout the offseason to bolster yourselves offensively. And if you get to the quarterback, now you don't have to cover as long. But let's think about some of the great debacles, especially early on in the season, by this Baltimore Ravens defense. It was giving <laughs> up the deep ball. It was allowing teams to push yep. the football down the field. If you get to the quarterback, you can stop those things. But also if you can make plays at the corner position and now giving Kyle Williams – his second year at the safety. I believe this pick will be defensive, and I think you take the best available there, whether it's a front guy or a guy on the back end. Right. Look, there's no issue going defense, but let's just say this. What if, what if a deal with Lamar Jackson is not done by the draft? Hmm. And what if a quarterback is there that you like? What do you do then? You bypass the opportunity for a quarterback if a deal with Lamar is not worked out. Now, listen. Him and OBJ have been in contact. It certainly seems like it's trending the right way, seems that way. So 
it would be in everybody's best interest to see if they could figure out a way to get the deal done. But what if they can't? <laughs> what happens then? I love it. What Shetty. happens? And by the way, but what quarterback's going to be Shetty. there at 22? Well, Hinden Hooker? It's going to be Hinden Hooker, right? Maybe Hinden. That, Maybe Hinden. Yeah, well, Maybe Hinden. I'm not, Hinden I'm not besmirging yeah. Hinden Hooker, but. What's wrong with that? I, I love Hinden Hooker. I don't hey, know. Hey, you know what's wrong with that? It's just Tuesday. Guys. What? Guys, here's what's wrong with that. Those are two quarterbacks the exact same age, and only one of them has an NFL MVP. <laughs> That's what's wrong with it. <laughs> okay, I see your point. That's, That's what's wrong with it. One of them might not come, though, RC. Just... One of them might not even be there. <laughs> well, right, they need a quarterback. What do you, what gosh, do, you do so... if he's unsigned? What do you do? What do you do? Adam, it's going to be a huge storyline in just over two weeks. By the way, we didn't have Mel today, even though we're talking all cookout. about his you mug. But if you want Mel, you can go over to the Sports Center special that starts right I'll now on ESPN2. Dialing in on Mel's Mock 4.0. I'll see you fools.